Dionisio at the plate, he's over to today. Swakowski, the big right hander, lets it go. It's right down Broadway. Dionisio lets it fly, and it's. Oh, it's raining now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Rain Delay Theater, the show where two bums talk about other bums at baseball games. It's the middle of February. I'm Jeremy Dionisio. And I'm Jack Swakowski. And pitchers and catchers are reporting as we speak. Um, And baseball is underway. Baseball is kicking off. One of the things that that, uh, signifies baseball starting up again, aside from pitchers and catchers reporting, are baseball cards coming out for this year. Um, And uh, just uh, last week, uh, the new... Tops 2020 Series 1 set came out, and we're going to be reading some backs uh, of those cards, some weird ones that we might have found, and uh, I, we're going to be delving into some previous years, too, for some for some uh, oddities, I guess. Yeah, Jeremy, who was the, uh, the, the Tops number one card this year for the 2021 set? Uh, that would be Tatis. Ah, Tatis. Uh, yeah, well, I guess it's been a good spring for him, huh? He got his uh, his big contract. He's tops number one. Let's hope that's not like the Madden curse, you know, where like they, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, the, the guy in the cover of Madden always ended up sucking, or the Oscar curse for like F. Murray Abraham and uh, Lou Gossett Jr., uh, guys who won Oscars and then never, never did anything else. Uh, let's, let's hope that doesn't, uh, you know, that doesn't hold true for Fernando Tatis. Yeah, for sure. I will say, yeah, if, anecdotally speaking, in recent years, like I mean, Trout has been number one for for several years. Although uh, Judge was number one, I think one year, like in twenty maybe eighteen, and that that really you can make an argument for that one. So. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, yeah, we'll talk about Tatis in a second, but um, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. I I hope the same thing that happened to Miguel Cabrera doesn't happen to old Fernando Tatis. <laughs> No, definitely. Um, and hey, Jeremy, idea for a future episode, uh, guys who've been number one in top sets. Could be a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. so, so, Jeremy, it's, it's uh, uh, episode number 107. Um, so yep. we, before we get into uh, our baseball card things, we should do our 2007 MLB debuts. Um, we should. Can I give you mine first? Go for it, Jack. Sweet. Okay, so uh, my 2007 debut is going to be none other than uh, The Sheriff... Mark Reynolds. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I always liked Mark Reynolds. I mean, he did play. He played one season with the Brewers. Uh, he he was kind of a journeyman for most of his career. Started his career with the Diamondbacks, and it seemed like he was going to be really good. Um, I mean, in 2009, he had 44 home runs and 102 RBIs uh, in just his third year in the league. But he also struck out in astounding 223 times. This guy led the league in strikeouts four straight seasons from 2008 to uh, 2011. Definitely a, a three-true outcome guy, but almost more like a two-true outcome guy, just home runs and strikeouts. His walk yeah. numbers were okay. He seemed like most of the time he would walk between uh, you know 60 and 80 times in a season. Which is which is that's not bad. Um, he did have one. So it seems like he's retired now. Uh, you know who knows? We're we're going to be doing our uh, non-roster invitee episode next week, so maybe he'll pop up on there. <laughs> but it seems like his last year was 2019, his age 35 season. Uh, he played 78 games for the Colorado Rockies, uh, which was his second stint with the Rockies. Um, he had four home runs, drove in 20 runs, hit a paltry. 170. Uh, he did have a, a bit of a renaissance in 2017 with the Rockies. Um, he hit 30 home runs and had 97 RBIs, which is kind of weird. That kind of came out of nowhere for him. 
it was his first 30 home run season since 2011. So he went seven years between 30 homer seasons. Uh, but yeah, Mark Reynolds always always kind of a you know a, a, a solid bat to have when you couldn't get somebody better. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you if a team like you know was was finding themselves nearing spring training or in the off season, uh, realizing that they were gonna have to find a way to to hit some home runs, yeah, it seems like that was a decent guy to bring in. I want to look at his career earnings once because um, I'm yeah. curious about that. Because like I played well, for a long time. Um, yeah. While you're doing that, Jack, I, I noticed he he's 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 sitting on 298 home runs. It's like. I bet he probably would have liked to get just maybe two, two or three more, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it looks like he made almost thirty million dollars in his in his career. Um, and yeah, that's which is a uh, that's a lot of money for a guy like that. But also, yeah, Jeremy, that's a good point. Two hundred and ninety-eight home runs, three. You know, that's a pretty solid career. But yeah, you can get get yourself over three hundred home runs. Uh, that that's not a bad little career that you had. So hopefully, you know, hey, I don't know what those non-roster invitee. Uh, rosters look like right now, but hopefully, hopefully he'll be somewhere um, this spring. And uh, hey, hopefully he can make a team for try to get one last run at it. Yeah, at least for like you know three weeks or something. Get him, get him a couple of homers, and get him, get him the hell out of there. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe the Marlins can pick him up. Try to promote that. Uh, you know, sell a few more tickets. I mean, I mean, they got Ichiro in his like last year when he when he was nearing three thousand hits, and I, I think he might have even gotten number three thousand on the road. I think eventually they were like, yeah, yeah we don't care. I, I don't I don't know if he hit it at home or on the road. If he hit it at home, I'm sure it was in front of about ten thousand people, which is a total waste. But yeah. uh, you know, whatever. I believe it was in Colorado, actually, Jack. Um, that he got it. So, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Know. That's that's sad. That's he's got to be the only guy in history who's gotten hit number three thousand on the road. Um, <laughs> right. That'd be an, be an interesting thing to look up. But it seems like more often than not, they'll let the guy hit it at home. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. But yeah, probably he probably had a better uh, you know reaction uh, in Colorado than he would have in Miami. So, um, but uh, but yeah, that's that's a good one, Jack. Uh, Mark Reynolds. Um, mm-hmm. so moving on, uh, to my guy, Jack, um, my 2007 debut is Nate Sheerholtz. Ooh, Nate Sheerholtz. Yeah, sure. I remember Nate Sheerholtz. Uh, I, he was on what the, the Cubs. Oh, he was on the Cubs. Obviously. I think he was on the nationals. Was he on the giants for a little while too? This is all off the top of I mean, my yeah, head. The giants was, yeah, the giants is the team that he came up with. So, sure. uh, yeah, definitely. Um, that's the main one. Um, he actually, in quick glance, yeah, I mean, I think he had his best career, his like kind of one full season with the Cubs, which is odd because um, I feel like you'd probably I almost forgot that he was a Cub, um, oh, even before I picked him. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's at least one reason for for me to pick him. Well, Jeremy, I was I was gonna say he was actually he was a dude on that 2013 Cubs team, man. Yeah, he had he had 21 home runs. Um, I mean, he hit 251. Uh, he only walked 29 times. His OBP was pretty bad. It was 301. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he kind of sucked. But he did he did hit 21 home runs, though, for that Cubs team. That was He never had double-digit homers in any other season he played. He was, he was a backup for most yeah. of his career. But, yeah, that one little season with the Cubs there is kind of an anomaly. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, just a weird thing. And, yeah, I mean, I, I at that point, 
with the Cubs, like he was, he was a, you know, a welcome addition. Like, it's like, all right, yeah, put this guy out there. What, what the hell? Um, we could do a lot worse. Um, and they, they did. And, uh, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he was, he was a good guy for the Cubs. Um, one of the, my main things that I remember about Nate, Nate Sheerholz is, um, oh dear, what year would that have been? Uh, it was either 2010 or 2011. Uh, the year that I went, uh, I saw a game at uh, the Giants Stadium. I guess what, it's AT and T Park, right? I think at that at that time, I think called. it was. I don't know what the hell they call it now, but I think at, at that time it it was AT and T Park. Maybe it was it was it Pac Bell Park when you went. It was I think it was Pac Bell Park when I went. Now it's called yeah, or- I think it's called I, Oracle Park. I think right. Uh, that could be yeah yeah I um I'm pretty sure it was AT and T when I saw it. So. Sure. Um. But I sat, I, you know, when you go to a ballpark, when you travel to a bar, ballpark, you know, you, you're trying to, like, find that, like, quintessential experience, like, considering that it could maybe be the only time you see a game at that park. And so you, you want to have, like, the Definitely. the quintessential experience. I tra- Traditionally, I like to sit, like, kind of behind home plate, whether it's, like, I, I honestly, I like to sit in the upper deck behind home plate just so I can see, like, the whole stadium, you know, uh, and see it kind of, like, the way it's kind of, like, meant to be in, in a sense. Um, but for San Francisco, I really wanted to sit like in those colonnade seats, like, uh, in right field, like that are, it's, it's only like a couple rows of seats. And then right behind you is the, uh, McCovey Cove. Oh yeah. Um, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I, and I managed to score some seats there. They were expensive. They were like more, I mean, it was expensive in general just to go to that stadium. Cause yeah, they like would sell out and stuff. I think you, you talked about that in previous episodes, Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I paid a little extra to sit in those seats. Um, but, uh, so we got the tickets, whatever. And I remember it came with like, um, like a $10 bonus, like a $10, like, like voucher attached to the ticket. Oh, um, wow. and I can't remember exactly when I found that out. Like, and so it was good for like food or souvenirs or whatever. I can't exactly actually remember when I found that out, but like, so the reason why I did find this out eventually though, the reason why they had that $10 attached was because in, if you remember, I don't know if they still do it, but uh, they had these like water cannons that would go off. If someone hit a home run into the bay on a fly oh, um, wow. and they would shoot off these like cannons and it would, it would spray this like mist in the air. But like the people who were sitting in that section would get like, kind of like, like, you know, wet with the mist. Like they wouldn't get soaked, but like you would, it would be like, like like walking through like one of those like misting stations like at like you know Great America or like some or like you know like oh, a yeah. amusement park or whatever yeah so i think people who had season tickets there would complain and they had to like to to appease everyone they gave everybody like a 10 dollar credit on each one of their tickets uh, which seems pretty pricey um yeah like that's that's pretty that's pretty cool though man what did you do with that 10 dollars Oh, I I think I ate like a madman at that at that game, if I remember correctly. Like, I definitely had they had like garlic fries. I think I got some of those. I think I ate like a burger and like had a couple beers. Like, I I, I really I I do recall like going crazy that night with food. Um, but what I was gonna say is that uh, I kind of wanted that experience to see someone hit because you really like it's only like three rows or like even two rows. So like you can just watch the ball, like fly over your head and land in the bay. And so I wanted that experience and I was treated to that experience by none other than Nate Sheerholz. Really? He, he, he hit one into McCovey Cove. Yeah. On the fly in that game. So wow, it was very cool. I got, I got wet from the, uh, from the water cannons and, yeah. uh, 
it was uh i you know like mission accomplished basically and so i i have nate nate Sheerholtz to to thank for that were there were there people uh in like little boats outside of the yeah. stadium and stuff trying to get the home run with like fishing nets and stuff like that yeah you know i i think you know <laughs> for nate Sheerholtz, it didn't quite look like barry bonds when he was uh sitting at like you know <laughs> 70 or like you know 69 homers or whatever but like he um uh there were probably a couple of people floating around out there and I I'd have to check my pictures but I'm sure that I have some pictures of people out there in the cove but uh but yeah it was cool it was a cool experience That's awesome. Well uh you know Jeremy it's just like uh you know sometimes you talk about playoff games you say well you you never you never know who's going to beat you you know but uh right. you know in this in this instance yeah you never could have <laughs> guessed who was going to treat you to that experience uh and it was Nate Sheerholtz. So if if he did nothing else in his career uh and he didn't <laughs> Um, at least, he, <laughs> at, at least he did that for you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's right, Jack. You could say that nature holds got me wet, but, um, we could, we could move on. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. Okay. Um, <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, um, moving on, Jeremy, we have the, uh, <laughs> we, we have a couple of signings that we, uh, that we could talk about before we get into our little baseball thing here and our baseball yeah. card thing. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's like with spring training, kind of the beginning. By the way, Jack, we should that should be a shirt. We should, if if we were gonna make rain, uh, rain delay theater shirts, uh, it should be like you know, rain delay theater logo, and then like you know on the back or something. Nature holds got me wet, but um, <laughs> we'll we'll have to talk to the marketing department about that one. But um, but yeah, Jack. So so spring training is is starting here, and you know, there's like a, a slew of like kind of like last minute deals that are happening. Um, and uh, so, yeah, the Cubs were busy uh, signing some some guys. Uh, Jack, the the first one on the top of our list here is uh, Jake Arrieta is, is back as a Cub. Yeah, I like I actually like that uh, call, Jeremy. Um, one year, six million dollar deal uh, seems like a pretty uh, low risk, high reward, like low, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It's a low risk, yeah. a low investment, but it's a potentially high reward. If Jake Arrieta, if it turns out that he's finished and he just sucks, um, you know, really no harm, no foul as far as, uh, you know, the money and the years go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Arietta, like if you look at his numbers, really the only good years he's had have been with the Cubs. He signed that yeah. three-year deal with the Phillies for whatever it was, about $60 million. Uh, and he sucked. He was terrible. He was terrible and he was injured all three of those years with the Phillies. He was bad before he got to the Cubs with the Orioles. So the only real, uh, the only real success he's had has been with the Cubs. Now, I think when he was with the Cubs, Basio was his pitching coach. So it remains mm-hmm. to be seen like how him and Tommy Hadovy will work together. But uh, yeah, overall, I like it, Jeremy. Who knows? Maybe they can recapture some of the magic that uh, that they had before. Yeah, I mean, if he decides that he, you know, uh, only liked playing baseball like when he was with the Cubs, then then yeah, he might have some bullets left in the uh, in the in the chamber. But like, yeah, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it is um, it is a pretty low risk uh, signing. Um, I, I I did see that they're slotting him in as a number two uh, pitcher. Um, I think more so like I don't think we, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but you know I think like to have Kyle Hendricks and Zach Davies back to back in your rotation maybe isn't the the best thing because they're they're kind of similar pitchers, right? I, you 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 were the first to bring that up after the trade occurred, so mm-hmm. maybe they're just trying to break them up with with Jake Area. Jake Arrieta I think that's kind of more so why they did this uh like or maybe slotting him in at the number two spot but uh and I don't know from all from all accounts it seems like the Cubs are kind of as as some other teams are like kind of gonna maybe shoot for like a six-man rotation just there's people are talking about like 
you know, um, like pitchers being like potential injuries from like pitchers not being stretched out enough because they only pitched 60 games last year. So if they're going to go 162 this year, like it might be tough for for a rotation of five to make it through the whole season. So, yeah, it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, I, I'm still hoping to, to see Elzele and, and Marquez in the in the rotation at some point this year. Um, but uh, now with with Arietta, um, you know, they might Elzele might be starting off like out of the pen or in triple A. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I uh, but but yeah, I like it, though, Jeremy. It'll be interesting. I think I had mentioned this to you. The Cubs don't have at this time a left-hander in their starting rotation. Um, I mean, obviously Lester was the stalwart for mm-hmm. years, but they also had uh, they had Hamels for a little while. They had Quintana. So it's the Cubs, to me, like seemed like a team that always had at least two lefties in their starting rotation, and now they they have none, which is which is kind of weird. Do you need a lefty in your starting rotation? I don't I don't know. It just seems like teams always have at, at least one guy. Yeah, I yeah I know. It's, it's kind of one of those things that. Um is a, it's just like a requirement or whatever, like for, for a team to have. Um, I mean, if Marquez can, can get in the rotation, he'll be the lefty, but um, he, he certainly, he certainly will not be starting the season um, in the rotation. So, so we'll see, we'll see where it all shakes out. Well, uh, Fernando yeah. Tatis Jr. Jeremy, um, yep. 143 games played, $340 million uh, contract with the San Diego Padres. So his, his, the, mil- the millions of dollars on his contract are almost double the number of games he's played. Pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, I mean, I, I can see why you would, uh, you know, give that contract to, to if, if you're going to give that to anybody, like that's, you know, it seems like he's the guy you'd want to give that to. Um, you know, you I think the only thing that you like, you, you wonder is like, a guy that young getting paid that much, um, you know, <laughs> what, where's the motivation, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. you know, for the rest of his career, honestly. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so he could easily pack it up. He could, um, you know, uh, I think, um, you know, I think they used to say that uh, Miguel Cabrera tr- treated himself to a few media noche sandwiches down uh, <laughs> in uh, in Miami. I, Tatis definitely, I mean, how how fat can you get from fish tacos? I don't know, but um, <laughs> I hopefully Tatis doesn't prove, like give us the answer to that. Um, uh, you know, that's one thing I could see going south, but uh, I don't know. I mean, he 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 is also like a pretty explosive, like fierce competitor, and so so you think that you hope that that kind of shines through, and and the money doesn't like uh, you know bog this guy down. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I will say, Jeremy, there's been a lot of about you know people wondering if uh you know that the game was going to go more towards like just bringing up young guys uh that they wouldn't you know Tatis is a young guy but just bringing up you know young guys earlier so they don't have to pay him as much and so then you know other other star established players wouldn't be making as much money um but yeah it seems like it seems like the market has been pretty good for a lot of these guys just as far as the the dollar value that they're that they're getting um i mean especially if they're giving a guy who's played only 100 plus major league games a 340 million dollar contract i mean i'm somebody who's like worried that there's going to be like a, a player strike but um you know if the players keep getting uh you know keep getting paid like this as much as the owners suck uh maybe there won't be so much uh drama with the collective bargaining agreement at the end of the season yeah yeah i yeah we'll see we'll see what what this you know what impact this has um <clears throat> overall uh while you were while you were 
saying that, Jack, I I just I just happened to Google how much or, or look up to see how much uh, Tati Senior made in his career, and uh, he made seventeen point eight million, which is nothing to to shake a, a stick at, but uh, that is um, by all calculations like just over five percent of what Tatis just got paid. So. <laughs> I think the real question is, what did James Shields make in his career? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the Brewers uh, lost out on Justin Turner this week. Um, he re-signed with the L.A. Dodgers for uh, two years and $34 million. Um, again, you know, that's pretty good money for a guy who's going to be 36 this year. Um, I, I will say, Jeremy, I, I was actually kind of proud of the Brewers, though. I had read that they actually did offer Turner the same money in the same years. And I think they may have even offered him a third year. Um, that's not mm-hmm. confirmed, but I do believe they did offer him at least two years and 34 million, which I would have thought would have been a, a pretty big overpay. I would have been happy with the Brewers getting Turner, but I, you know, I don't think he had any intention of not signing with the Dodgers if he possibly could. So whatever, but I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still glad the Brewers offered him $34 million. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with that. You know, it seems like I've, you know, lamented about this before, but how they just kind of, you know, sc- uh, scrape through the bargain bin sometimes before spring training to find, you know, middle infielders. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy they offered Turner the money, even though he did not take it. Yeah, uh, sure. That's, that's a fair way to look at it. I, 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 I was going to say, I, I thought you were going to say like you were proud that, of the Brewers for like not – like chasing harder after Turner because who wants Justin Turner? Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess the guy is productive. Um, I, I didn't like him before any of the, the game six uh, controversy that happened with him. Uh, and uh, I don't know. Yeah. I just, uh, it's totally fine for him to stay with the Dodgers. It's like better off. Just keep him. I don't like the Dodgers. I don't like him. Just keep them all together. So I can just dislike <laughs> them collectively. Um, if he ended up going to the Brewers, that would have been like, uh, you know, I don't know, 13 more times that the Cubs would, or like, I don't know, 10, 11 more times that the Cubs would have had to play against him this year. And I would have had to see him. So, uh, I'm, I'm all for him not being a Milwaukee Brewer. Absolutely, Jeremy. And, and Milwaukee is now going to let, I think it's 10% capacity in the games, maybe 25% uh, starting starting with this season. They're letting they're letting people into Bucks games now, I think. But um, but yeah, the, the city of Milwaukee is at least a little bit safer, I guess, because Justin Turner is <laughs> Justin Turner is not there. Um, uh, Jeremy, did you say you had something to say about Brandon Workman? Well, yeah, just a couple more signings for the Cubs. Um, first of all, they did sign uh, Pedro Strope to a minor league contract as well. Did they? Uh, so, okay, did not yeah. see that. So in the sense that, um, in the sense that you know, it makes sense for Justin Turner to go back to the Dodgers. I also think it makes perfect sense for Strope to come back to the Cubs. And um, and on, it's actually interesting that the Cubs reacquired Strope and Arietta <laughs> um, <laughs> like, within like you know a week of each other uh, when they were also traded uh, with each other. From uh, from the Orioles to the to the Cubs back uh, in whatever that was 2014 or whatever that was, um, but uh, but yeah, I mean again, a guy who maybe like you know might may may be happier with the Cubs and uh, may do well, uh, you know may have something left in the tank. Who knows? Um, the Reds did release him, which is not a good sign. Uh, but um, but yeah, we'll see about that. But the 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 Cubs also signed Brandon Workman, who um, is one of those guys. I think I don't know, I'm not sure if we talked about it on the podcast, but like you could have told me like a couple years ago, I, I, his name came up again, like that he was a Red Sox, and like 
you could have told me that he pitched in like the early 2000s i would have i wouldn't have known the difference like i just it's like a, and he's been with the the um the he was with the red sox his whole career like up until i guess you know he was with the uh the phillies last year um but uh yeah i just that's a guy who just i just haven't like um kept tabs on like at all in his career and just i you know i think it's a good signing like um I, you know, it seems another like kind of low risk uh, guy. Um, one thing I want to say about Brandon Workman, though, um, and this gonna this this will like kind of lead to a nice segue into our main topic. But um, so Tops the night before that Tops released their uh, series one set, they did they do this thing called like the Rip Party, um, where they they did it like virtually this year, um, and they have uh, celebrities and and baseball players. Like they send them packs of cards and then they 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 open the packs like they rip open the packs um, on this you know presentation and you know they talk about who's in the pack and everything and they had this guy um, from this like auction house like he's one of like the biggest collectors in the world like he owns like a Honus Wagner card and like a I don't know like a Mike Trout like prospect autograph card and all this crazy stuff uh, but he had like his grandson on I think or maybe it was his son I can't remember but. Um, so the kid ripped open a pack and like they, they're Phillies fans, I guess they're, they're in Philly or around Philly. And so this like little kid opened this pack and he, he, he was like, you know, going through the cards and like, you know, saying who he got and, sh- and showed it to the camera. And one of the guys he got was Brandon Workman. And he's like, Oh, Brandon Workman, horrible contract, horrible contract. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it was live. And like, and the dad was like, no, oh no son. Let's just, just keep reading them. Just keep, you know, just let's move along. You no need for that. And, and he kept opening these cards and he's like, Oh man, this guy is horrible. Like horrible contract. He's definitely someone who would like, you know, he would make Randall theater proud in his snarky remarks about almost every guy in the pack. Um, but it was just like it was really funny. It was a really funny moment, and like he he pretty much had something crappy to say about every every guy <laughs> he pulled from the pack, which was really funny. And Brandon Workman was the first one on that list, so that's what uh, that's one thing that stood out to or like I was reminded of when um when I saw that the Cubs signed him. Uh, that's amazing, Jeremy. This is this on YouTube. Can can I can you find this on YouTube? Yeah, I think um the whole thing itself was like about like a two hour presentation. Sure. But, um, but it was early on in, in the, uh, in the proceedings. So like, yeah, it's just like, it's like a older guy and like his like grandson, I think. And so you could probably scope through it. Was, it was about maybe like a half hour into the, the broadcast. So yeah, good, funny stuff. Well, Jeremy, I, one more thing about Brandon Workman, I will say he had a pretty sick 2019 season. Yeah. Um, yeah, his ERA was 188, but the dude only gave up 29 hits in 72 innings. Um, a, it struck out 104, but he also walked 45, so he was having some serious command issues. But, um, but yeah, that, that 2019 season was really good. So if he can replicate that, that season looks like an outlier um, mm-hmm. when you look at the rest of his career. But, yeah, if he can be anywhere close to that, that's a, that's a good piece for the Cubs to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a, a low risk sort of thing. So, uh, we shall see. Um, see again. It, it also almost seems like you're better off signing a, a relief pitcher coming off of a bad year than a good year because they usually seem to do bad after their good year. So, um, maybe we're catching them at the right time. But, um, but yeah. So speaking, uh, you know, uh, Brandon Workman aside, uh, we um, actually, you know, Jack, I I I I bought a box of. Uh, 
2021 cards series one and I, I i ripped them all open and um, you know i i collect the set and brandon workman oddly enough was one of the guys who i didn't get in my box so uh i need a brandon workman if anyone out there has one for for trade uh <laughs> I, I got a bunch of doubles here that uh, jack took a look at but but yeah so we we took a we we grabbed a bunch of cards um took a look at the 2021s uh jack you um you picked up a whole batch of cards from me um some 2021s in there but you also had some like 2018s 19s and, and 20s in there just a mixed bag of cards and uh so we went through and picked a picked a handful of of goofy ones to read and so that's what we're gonna in the spirit of like you know we did this uh last year with the 2001 cards and so um so yeah we'll uh we're gonna read some of those uh from this year uh today yeah jeremy should i go first with my first one uh, well, you know what, Jack, really quick, I, I got one just kind of like an outlier here just to just to, to, to kick us off. Um, so I, I have Wilson Contreras here, Jack. This one does this one is not one of my official ones, but uh, okay. more of an editorial comment. Uh, but Wilson's uh, first home run of the 2020 season was a 450 foot uh, monster shot against Milwaukee, illustrating the unusual power for his position that he's displayed in his career. A day before, a proud Contreras tweeted a video of his brother William, a Braves rookie catcher, smacking a run-scoring double on the first pitch he ever saw in the majors. So there you go, like brotherly pride from Wilson to his brother William, and our own Rain Delay Theater Jack doesn't like Wilson Contreras. Can you believe that, folks? <laughs> yeah, I remember. Uh, I remember that, Jeremy. I remember the day. I remember when that happened. When his. When his. Uh... Um, but yeah, Wilson Contreras and Javi Baez. Um, you know, Jeremy, you're just you're kicking the hornet's nest though here. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're just trying to trying to get me to say something. I'll have plenty to say, believe me. I, do you think that? I wonder if I'm going to dislike him as much if he gets traded from the Cubs though. Um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, it, it'll be a, it'll be an interesting theory to test out if he gets if he gets traded from the. I just I just his energy behind the plate, how he's always just running running over everywhere, like backing up you know third, backing up first. It's like, dude, just stop being so extra. <laughs> but um but yeah you uh yeah definitely the uh you kicked the hornet's nest on that one jeremy but i, I like sure. it you know i actually didn't follow what his brother was doing that much um did he stick around with the braves for the whole season um i think he stayed up with the club i yeah I, he he kind of like made a splash there at the beginning and that, yeah I, I i honestly didn't hear too much from him the rest of the the you know the abbreviated s- season but um yeah i think they have high hopes for him so um we'll see i'm sure he'll be he'll be he'll probably break camp with the with the team this year but we'll see but um yeah i i don't know uh i he kind of fell off a little bit out of the news uh after that that yeah looks like looks like four (laughs) games uh 10 plate appearances he was four for 10 so yeah he uh like you said jeremy he'll probably break uh break camp with the team um Mm, cool all right you want my first one go for it jack all right sweet so my my first one is going to be geo urshela um of the new york yankees so this is a uh, this is a 2021 um uh, card. So this is one from the new set, uh, series one. Okay, so the back of Gio Rochella's card for this season says, Yankees skipper Aaron Boone quips that Gio plays defense so smoothly and confidently that he looks like he's slipping into a warm bath. At the plate, however, he's ruthlessly aggressive. On the heels of his breakout offensive season of 2019, Urshela locked in the 2023 base job and jacked his first grand slam in the seventh game of the campaign. Okay, so... Aaron Boone believes that Geo plays defense so smoothly and confidently that he looks like he's slipping into a bath. Jeremy, <laughs> I so Jeremy, I think you're a pretty good driver. 
Um, okay. And we were just talking about this yesterday. If I got in the car in the front seat with you and you got behind the wheel and I said, Jeremy, you, you know, you get you get behind that wheel and you drive so smoothly, you look like you're slipping into a warm bath. I mean, I think there would be a few minutes of uh, of awkward silence right there. That would <laughs> right. be one of those. That would be a comment. I'd be have to be like, you know, there'd be a. Uh, I'd be like, Jesus, man, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry, I said that. <laughs> right, that it could weird. cause it could cause me to jerk the wheel, like you know, and get the like run the car off the road too. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's um, that's an interesting one to uh, visualize for sure. Um, like any sort of connotations aside, it also just seems to like. Aaron Boone isn't that old, but like that to me, that smacks of like some sort of like almost like a 70s, like like English leather, like Old Spice, like like, you know, the Dos Equis guy, like slipping into like a bath, like like, I don't know. It's, it has some kind of weird connotations and it seems like 70s era, like kind of visuals. But like Aaron Boone isn't like that ancient. I, I don't I don't know. It's kind of a weird, weird visual there. Yeah, and Jeremy, I mean, I don't want to bring like toxic masculinity into this, but like, I mean, like guys, guys don't really take baths. Sure. You know, yes, you know that's what I mean. Thing. I, yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I honestly think, I honestly think baths are kind of disgusting because, like, you know, you just you lay down in the bath. I mean, you know, you typically you take a bath or a shower because you're dirty. So when you lay down in a bath, you're just, you know, you lay there and then you're just fucking laying in all the dirty water that's that's cleaning you. Just not. <laughs> Just, just gross. Um, and baths get cold after a little while. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that you know, since baths were obviously on Aaron Boone's mind, like Aaron Boone probably takes baths. There, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I, we can one can only assume. Um, so yeah, yeah, I thought that was a very str- strange uh, way to put it. And uh, I wonder if uh, I wonder how Gio Urshela felt about that. I guess we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It it does. It's not a good time for for like managers to be um, kind of like going out there a little bit with their like visuals and stuff. Like it, it brings up certain Mickey Calloway uh, connotations, which just isn't a good time right now. Yeah. Me. Well, Jeremy, I was gonna say Mickey Calloway probably read the back of this card and was like, "Man, why didn't I think of that for one of my texts?" <laughs> Yeah, so good. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, Jack. Well, um, I have uh, Austin Meadows here. Oh, okay. Um, this one again. This one is not not too much to get to dig deep into, but uh, Austin Meadows uh, back says reads as follows: the the hazards of 2020 ensnared uh, ensnared Austin, who didn't make his de- his season debut until August 4th, uh, but he wrapped two hits. Uh, in his first game back, serving as the team's primary leadoff man down the stretch, Meadows helped the Rays post the best record in the American League. Blah 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 blah. Uh, even though an oblique injury shelved him again in mid-September, but I thought that was interesting the way that they they worded that the hazards of 2020 ensnared uh, Austin. Uh, like he got COVID, is what happened. Like, um, but did, did he in, get did he get COVID? Did he go he, down with COVID? Yeah, I believe he was like one of the guys who like you know got it like you know in camp or early on or whatever and yeah. like missed the beginning of the season. So one of the things that's interesting about these cards is, um, you know, obviously there's no way around, um, you know, kind of capturing what the 2020 season was like, like in photo, like there's a lot of cards where players, like you see players with no one in the stands. You have ones where they're wearing like full masks. You have ones where like they show the cardboard cutouts and stuff. And, you know, I think one of the cool things about collecting and collectors is that this set is going to be iconic as like this this set of like you know um, of uh, COVID uh, cards basically, and 
Um, so I think it's interesting. Like they, they kind of, it's weird cause they don't hide. They don't really, I was wondering if they were going to like maybe hide some of the pictures and just do a lot of close up So you couldn't see like the empty stands, but they're kind of embracing it. They do a couple ones where they like kind of lean into like the, the socially distanced celebrations and stuff. And I, but I do think like they, 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 I think they cut the line at saying like, you know, Austin Meadows tested positive for COVID. They just said the hazards of 2020 ensnared him. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I suppose, uh, for any COVID positive listeners out there, you can just say you were ensnared by the ha- hazards of, uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Justin Turner was, was ensnared by those <laughs> exactly. hazards, but didn't stop him though. No, um, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that is really interesting, Jeremy, that going through these cards, I hadn't thought about that. But yeah, for, uh, all the uh, 2021 cards that I looked at, they make no mention of COVID-19 itself, right. um, you know, so that, yeah, that there was probably some type of discussion, some type of line drawn there. Um, is that Meadows card with the Rays? Is he still with the Rays? Yep, he is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Terrible trade. I think that was the Chris Archer trade. Um, right on. Um, well, my next one, Jeremy it's uh it's joey Votto. good old joey Votto. Nice. it's always good for a little bit of uh you know buffoonery and theatrics even though he's also a really good player um but this looks like it was his 2019 card um okay. it was his 2019 card um and so the back reads as follows joey who has studied several languages speaks the language of hitting as well as any player in the game the analytical star led the nl and ops with runners in scoring position uh 1.028 last season so uh, I just want to point out the beginning of that one. Joey, who has studied several languages, speaks the language of hitting as well as anyone. <laughs> so there's not enough information in there for me, Jeremy. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that Joey Votto has studied several languages, like first of all, like what languages has he studied? Um, how much has he studied them? Does does he speak them, or like has he just you know briefly dabbled in them? It seems like there's a lot of uh, information that they kind of left out of this blurb. Yeah, you know, I I came across some other ones that were like that. And I'm not sure if any of them made my uh, list. I think maybe they did, but like there, yeah, there's ones where like it's like an amalgamation of two completely separate thoughts, like but like <laughs> like lumped into like one you know one blurb. And uh, yeah, it's like okay like he speaks multiple languages i mean i guess they did try to like connect it there it was a it was a tortured metaphor but like <laughs> they went from multiple languages to the language of hitting um it, it makes me think of uh my my favorite movie jack uh, better off dead with with john cusack um when they're talking about monique the french exchange student and the mom says and she also speaks the international language you know <laughs> love the language of love the international language is a language of love like that. Like, so I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so always, uh, always nice when I can get a better off dead reference in there. But, um, but yeah, that was, that one is, uh, just a, an odd, you know, lumping together of a couple different thoughts. I, I it is. Say. And, and where do you, when you're going to lead with something like Joey has studied several languages, that's way more interesting than, you know, finding yes. out what his on base plus slugging was. So like, just, just keep going with that. Just tell me what he speaks. Um, I can see what his OPS was from his card. You don't need to tell me that. Um, <laughs> That's true. So yeah, I would uh, I would like to know more. Uh, Joey Votto's Canadian, even though he's from Toronto. Maybe he like speaks a little bit of French. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who knows? There's and maybe true. he speaks a little bit of Spanish. He seems like he's a good teammate. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe he tries to connect with uh, you know some of the players on his team that way. I don't know, and I, this card certainly isn't going to tell me. But yeah, that's Joey Votto. 
that's true. If, if it is just like French and in English, I, like I'm like, you know, all right, come on. Like, I feel like most Canadian, like a lot of Canadians speak French, so um, <laughs> doesn't count. But um, all right, cool. Well, I have Kyle Seeger here. OK, uh, this one actually kind of falls into that category, Jack. So uh, Kyle Seeger's back uh, says this uh, by far the quote unquote gray beard in service time with the Mariners. Kyle has been nicknamed, quote, simply Seeger. For his unpretentiousness. In 2020, he took the lead in making sure his teammates stayed safe. End of end of blurb. <laughs> so so he was the one, what they're saying is he was the one like enforcing the the COVID protocols in the in I, the clubhouse? You know, possibly that could be what they're saying between the lines here. Um I mean like yeah, or like I mean, yeah, or like making sure they wore masks or something, but like uh, I know, like D D Gordon, like wore a mask, like while he played last year, kind of. Um, although I don't remember anybody else wearing one, uh, like while they were at bats. So, like, yeah, I'm not sure. It's kind of unclear what they're talking about. He made sure that they stayed safe. I mean, does that mean that like he like you know, like he protected the other guys in the lineup because like he was like the offensive threat or something, or like do they mean like quite literally because of that, like? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of odd. And, and his name is simply Seeger. That doesn't, but it's because of his unpretentiousness and like, I, okay, I guess so. It's kind of like, uh, clearly Canadian, <laughs> the, the, like the, the, the soft drink from the nineties. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean it, yeah, just kind of a, a weird amalgamation of, of facts there. Yeah, it Seager, is Jeremy. Um, uh, and simply Seeger. I mean, I wonder like, is that just an in-house like clubhouse? I couldn't imagine like his teammates calling him simply Seeger. Um, it seems a little bit weird. There was a nickname yeah. I came up with the other week for Brett Gardner, just in my head because he's been with the Yankees so so long, and he's just always like been kind of a steady player. Call him the Constant Gardener, like the uh, <laughs> nice. like like the movie. That's kind of like kind of like simply Seeger. But yeah, that's a that's a puzzling one, Jeremy. And also, Kyle Seeger has kind of fallen off the face of the earth a little bit. He had yeah. a couple he had a couple pretty good years there. Where like, oh yeah, he's one of the better third basemen in the American League. Not quite as good as Adrian Beltre, but like definitely in that top third uh, of third basemen. And now he's just because of injuries, uh, he's just kind of he's just kind of fallen off a lot. Yeah, well, honestly, he already had a good nickname. Uh, like I think it might have been the first year they did Players Weekend. His uh, nickname was Corey's brother. Yeah, and, I thought uh, that was that was really funny. That was one of the yeah. best ones. Yeah, it yeah it, it maybe was the the best one. Um, so yeah, I don't know, gilding the lily there, I guess. But uh, there you go. So that's Cal Seeger. <laughs> um, my next one, Jeremy, is Dylan Bundy. Um, okay. so this this one is from the 2021 set as well. Uh, Dylan Bundy of the Angels. Um, okay, so it reads. Dylan's early trainers, quote, trainers isn't quote, Dylan's early trainers were his parents. His dad devised taxing workouts and his mother would play long toss and throw BP. He recalls mom would get a glove and say, let's go. We've got work to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jesus, man, that, that sounds like a terrible childhood, dude. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I hope he's in therapy right now because that, uh, yeah, that's, that sounds, that sounds bad, Jeremy. It kind of makes you like I, you know, he might have 
uh, longed for the for for having uh, the the a different set of Bundys for parents, uh, Al and Peg. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I that Jack that one made my short list actually, and like yeah, it was uh, bringing up uh, some great Santini vibes to to reference great Santini again. Jack, I feel we've referenced great the great Santini uh, last couple episodes. I was like maybe we should watch that for like a movie watch along episode. Yeah, yes, uh, yes, we should, sports fans. Um, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's a, that's a great movie. I think I think Robert Duvall, I don't know if he won Best Actor for that, but I think he was certainly nominated. He's great in that movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's more of a basket. I think the kid plays basketball in the movie, uh-huh. so it's not really a baseball movie, but it's definitely an overbearing sports father movie, um, <laughs> which you know can be universally applied and certainly apparently to uh, the Mr. and Mrs. Bundy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, Jeremy. Um, and yeah, I like, I like that it's the... Uh, the the mom in this in this one seems like almost the more overbearing parent than the yeah. dad. Although it does it does say that the dad devised taxing <laughs> workouts. Yeah, which... exactly. I'm picturing like you know like that like that thing with like the string you have to crawl under like when your face is in the dirt and like you know like a that jungle gym where you like hang your feet up and have to like climb through it and like the bars whatever and like. Yeah, and then it's like, all right, if you want dinner, you better get, get you know, do this obstacle course in under, in under sixty seconds or whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, doesn't that's not that's not good, not good. No, um, yeah, so that's that's Dylan Bundy, and I'll never look at him the same way again. No, for not for sure. Um, so uh, this one, uh, this one's kind of goofy. Uh, this is um, Rocky's rookie pitcher Ryan Castellani, who I'm not too familiar with, um, but uh, he says. <laughs> Uh, it says Ryan treasures a video he shot on his phone while he was in high school, a bullpen session of Max Scherzer, whose mechanics and mannerisms still inform his own style. Castellani checked in with that video w- about once per month during his climb through the system. Then, in his MLB debut last August 8th, he channeled his, quote, inner Max with four hitless innings. Um, so I think that's nice. It's a nice story and all that, like, he shot, like, a cell phone video of uh, Max Scherzer doing a bullpen session. But if I was Ryan Castellani's coaches and he was like doing like, he was like studying film and we had like access to like, you know, state of the art, like video cameras, like with, with like, you know, high definition, like, you know, game tape. And, and he was sitting there watching like a crappy cell phone video of Max Scherzer's mechanics. I would be pretty pissed. I'd be like, Castellani, put that damn phone away and we'll get in the video room. He's like, but coach, I got this video I shot on my phone in, you know, 2011. It's like, God damn it, Castellani. Like, what are we spending all this money on? So, um, yeah, I hope that uh, maybe that's just a a supplemental, uh, you know, kind of research for for Castellani there. And he's using, like, the good stuff. Yeah, you know, Jeremy, the first thing that came to my mind when you were reading that story was, uh, you know, I guess he must have gotten that video transferred over from like multiple phones. I mean, because you <laughs> yeah, know, typically right. you're get, you're getting yeah. a phone every you know every couple <laughs> years, you're getting a new phone, um, and you know they yeah. can transfer your data and whatnot onto the new phone. But like Jesus, man, that must have lasted through at least a couple phones for him. That's um, true. Yeah, is yeah. he like hooking up like his phone? Like, is he connecting the USB to his his laptop? Like, like backing it up and then syncing it with his new phone? And it's like, oh, I need my Max Scherzer video. Um, so. <laughs> Yeah, right, exactly. And, uh, you know, and as a guy with a video background, I, I have a feeling that that Castellani uh, footage is not the best quality. <laughs> not to be a snob or anything, but. 
Right, right. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I, my next one, Jeremy, is also a pitcher. Uh, it's UC Kikuchi for the okay. Seattle Mariners. This is his 20, uh, 2020 card. So the back of it reads, it starts with a quote from the pitcher himself. It says, I'll try to take on the world once I have become the number one pitcher in Japan, UC once said. He ascended to that perch, then showed the world what he was capable of with a two-hit shutout of Toronto last August. So that's that's a little bit of that's a hubris there, I think, uh-huh. Jeremy. <laughs> I'll try to take on the world once I have become the number one pitcher in Japan. Um, you know, he sounds like uh, he sounds like the brain from Pinky and the Brain. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, honestly, he kind of got his just desserts once he came to the Mariners. He pitched 161 yeah. innings in 2019, and his ERA was 5.46. So the guy was the guy was terrible uh, yeah. for the Mariners. I didn't I didn't even really pay attention to what he did in 2020. I'll have to look that up. But no, uh, not any better. No. Um, and he, uh, I mean, yeah, he was pretty good in Japan. I mean, his ERA was usually in the twos. Uh, a couple of years, it jumped into the threes, but he was solid. But I, I, I don't follow the uh, Japanese league, but I, I don't even know if he would have been considered the number one pitcher in Japan. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I feel like he might have. Maybe he, maybe he missed Otani or something. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I all, all I know is that he has not been good in in the U.S. and. Uh, I have, um, you know, I have some, I, I have a pretty nice rookie card of his that I, I would, I would love for him to, you know, have some sort of breakout so I could sell that thing. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. That's, and even like that stat that they, that they took has got to be some sort of selective, some very creative, um, you know, filtering to, to get like, you know, they, they pinpointed like a one rare good stretch that he had. Yes, exactly. Um, and yeah, yeah, I wouldn't even call it. Yeah, it wasn't even really a stretch. It was just he had one. I, I'm surprised he threw right. a shutout. But it says, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I even see it on his 2019 thing. It says he threw one shutout. It's probably the one good outing he had all yeah. year. Yeah. Um, yeah. He uh, looks like he signed for one more year. Jeremy, he signed. He signed a three-year, forty-three million deal with the Mariners before the 2019 season. So yeah, it looks like you're gonna have one more shot at getting rid of that rookie card. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Um, <laughs> So, uh, Jack, I got a guy who's uh, near and dear to your heart here, Ooh, Christian Yelich. Okay. Ooh, yeah, Yelly. All right, what does this say? All right, so Christian Yelich. Uh, Christian is one of only four players ever to hang up at least 80 homers, 200 RBI, and 50 stolen bases over any two-year span, 2018 to 2019. He's in choice company, Willie Mays, Barry Bonds, and Alex Rodriguez. So, there you go. Seems Seems pretty straightforward, Jack, but if you... If you do a little bit of the creative, like if you look deeper into those numbers, um, what that really tells me is that there's a 50-50 chance that Christian Yelich is on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe even that, maybe not. Actually, that's it's a it's a 60, 67% chance he's on steroids, actually. Um, so so there you go. Uh, yeah, just kind of uh, one of those damning with, uh, with company, uh, uh, you know, little, little, uh, praises there. So I don't know. We'll see, but, uh, yeah, little, it's not looking good for Yelich. Jeremy, I was trying to think of some way that they could have given you that statistic in those numbers 
without telling you that Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez were two of the three guys who'd done it. <laughs> right, um, yeah. I don't know. They could have said, like, the first player to do it was Willie Mays, and only two others have in history. <laughs> you know, exactly. if you're going to leave out what languages Joey Votto speaks, like, you don't, you don't, have, to, you don't have to tell people that uh, Alex Rodriguez and Barry Bonds were the two of the three. Just say only three players have done it, with Willie Mays being the first. Let people do the research for the other two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Accentuate the positive. Yeah, that's kind of a that's kind of a downer. Those numbers are those are gaudy numbers, Jeremy. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty that, that's pretty crazy. So hopefully he can hopefully he can bounce back in in twenty twenty one. There, I think I, I read something that they said they're letting players watch video again now. So okay. um, so yeah, maybe that'll that'll help him out a little bit. And Javi Baez too. I know Baez was a big big video guy too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, not everyone can have uh, the the video library of Ryan Castellani, so uh, they they knew what they can get. So, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, my next card is Matt Duffy of the uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. Ooh, this... he's gonna be on next week's episode too. Uh, he, oh, is uh, was he invited to a, a camp? What, whose camp is he invited to? Uh, one that's uh, near and dear to this very city we live in, Jack. The White Sox. The Cubs. He's in Cubs camp. Oh, is year. he in Cubs camp? Okay. He is, um, yeah. I don't know what use they would have for him. Because they, <laughs> no. they have Bodie, right? I mean, Bodie's kind of their, uh, their like utility infielder, right? Yeah, absolutely. Maybe it was like in case Bryant got traded or something. But this uh, is true. yeah, not sure. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be talking about Mad Duffy more next week. Uh, maybe we can bring this up. <clears throat> so the, uh, the back of his card says While sitting out all of 2017 with an Achilles injury, Matt picked up several new hobbies to keep his mind sharp, including building with Legos and painting. He was ecstatic to get back to his day job in 2018, though. Thriving at or near the top of the Rays lineup, Duffy batted 317 in his first 80 games to solidify his hold on the everyday third base job. So that's, that's an interesting thing. Matt, Dump, Matt Duffy likes to play with Legos. Um, I haven't played with Legos since I was an adult, Although mm-hmm. I could imagine it would be, you know, it might, it might be fun. I always like putting Legos together when I was a kid. Did you did you put Legos together when you were a kid, Jeremy? I did for sure. And okay. Yeah, I actually, I had, I think in high school, like I, I did actually like have a, a very, very brief like return. There were a couple like cool pirate sets that I got, I think, sure. at one point. And then like I I was like, I, I do, I have this memory. I'm, <clears throat> I'm uh, confident enough to share this, but I do have a memory of playing with, with Lego is like at a questionably old age and, uh, <laughs> and thinking like, and like, I was like, nah, this doesn't feel right. And, and, and bailing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, so, but yeah, like, uh, sure. I'm a big Lego fan as well. Like they're, they're, they're cool. Yeah, no, they are cool. Um, I, I mean, I always remember you mentioned the pirate sets and stuff. I remember yeah. I had, I had at least one of those big pirate ships when I was a kid. Uh, I also had the Lego monorail as well, which is oh. one of the, uh, that's one of the classic ones. I think that was part of like their space set. It was like a space monorail. So that was dope as hell. Uh, obviously the Lego street sweeper was a classic. Um, <laughs> do you ever, do you ever have the Lego street sweeper? No, I don't know. I know. I don't think I know that one. Oh dude, that one was the best man. It was very, very simple. Um, yeah, you got to you Google a picture of that one when you get a chance. But yeah, it was it was fucking sweet, man. The the Lego Street Sweeper. So yeah, I I am a big fan of Legos. Uh, like oh. I, I feel I feel like now, Jeremy, we're at the age like you said, like high school age. That's like maybe questionably old. Oh but yeah, now, for sure. Now like now at our age, if we got Legos and like got back into Legos, it might be endearingly nerdy. I don't know. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, listen. And I okay, so I'm looking at the Lego Street Sweeper, and if it's the same one we're we're looking at here, or that mm-hmm. you're thinking of, it it's pretty cool. I I actually like these little ones that where it's just like one little thing that you build, 
and yeah. then like you can put it on your shelf or something. Like it's a ten dollar box or whatever to mm-hmm. get the Lego Street Sweeper. Like I actually think that's kind of cool. I was almost tempted. Uh, my wife, uh, in all her her uh, uh, wisdom, talked me out of buying one. Like I was in the Target checkout line, and there was one for like a, a popcorn vendor. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I figured, eh, let me build this and I'll just keep it on my desk or something. Uh, right. She's like, you don't need to get that. And I was like, all right. Fine. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that, that's a good thing, Jeremy. <laughs> if, you, if you go to like a Target solo and you want to buy like toys, it's like, you know, the cash. We're at the age now where we might, you know, it's plausible that we have children at home that we're buying these toys for, you right. know, so it's it's not like questionable right. yeah. if you want to buy a toy. Um, but that's a, that'd be a cool thing to have on your desk though. I, uh, or, you know, that, that's something I could put on my shelf. I might have to go pick up a Lego Jeremy at target now. I'm kind of in, I'm kind of in the mood for it. Yeah. Well, Hey, you know, the pandemic's been rough on a lot of us. Uh, <laughs> so why not? <laughs> All right. So Matt Duffy, um, uh, likes, likes playing with Legos. Very nice. That has to be like a 2019 card or something, right? It is. It is a 20, it is a 2019 card. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Um, all right, here I got one here for J.D. Davis, um, <clears throat> a name that was bandied about possibly going back to the Cubs in a potential Bryant to Mets trade, which uh, would be just a slap in the face. Although they've made the point of saying like their numbers are pretty comparable over the last couple of years, which actually is true and also a slap in the face uh, to Cubs fans. <laughs> um, but so uh, J.D. Davis uh, afforded an opportunity in New York he never had in Houston Davis has flourished. Uh, quote, J.D. is just an incredible worker, praises Pete Alonzo. He's a great teammate, and his attitude is infectious, end quote. Jack, that is, um, that's the equivalent of telling, like, a, a, a girl that she has nice eyes, I think. You know, you have pretty <laughs> eyes. Um, or a guy, you know, but, like, it's like, okay, he's so great. He's a great teammate, and, his, and he has an infectious attitude. What about his goddamn bat or his glove? What about that? Does, does that have anything to do anything? So Pete Alonzo was trying to give him a nice quote, but uh, kind of accentuated some of the uh, the odd, the more odd uh, attributes of a, of a baseball player. Yeah, no, Jeremy, that's like in basketball when they say that a guy is a junkyard dog, you know, which I guess means that he does the <laughs> okay. little things like he rebounds and he plays defense. You know, they, they say, oh, that guy's such a junk. He's a junkyard dog. When someone calls you a junkyard dog, that means that you have no talent. You know, and that's that's the uh, that's the <laughs> sure. same thing as like what Alonzo is saying here. I actually think J.D. Davis uh, Davis is actually like a pretty decent hitter, um, or at least he he's had a couple decent seasons now with the Mets. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're gonna praise something like oh he's a good teammate, yeah, you're right, Jeremy. That's the uh, that's like the the sports equivalent of like you know saying that somebody got a you know oh you like your your shirt looks nice, you know, or those shoes look nice. You know, you're, you're not like actually, you're not like <laughs> yeah. actually commenting on their a- appearance that they, you know, you're just, you're just commenting on like some little thing to make them feel good, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I actually wanted to go. look up though, what JD Davis did last year. Cause I know he had a pretty good 2019 season, but I didn't really pay attention yeah. to him last year. Um, let's see. Uh, it looks he like only he hit, hit 247 last okay. year. Yeah. Okay. Oof. And yeah, he only hit one seventy five the yeah. So yeah, he had one good year. One good year with the New York Mets. That was a good season though. Three oh seven and over four hundred at bats. So maybe he can maybe he can replicate that going forward. You know, my guy Jeremy, my next guy, is also on the Mets. So this is a good uh this is okay. a good good one two punch here. So I have Jeff McNeil. This is a uh this looks like a twenty twenty yes. card. Um 
Uh, yeah, it gives us it gives us 2019 stats, so it must be 2020. Um, it is tops. Yeah. The back the back looks a little different, so it seems like it's uh, it says add Bowman cards on this, so maybe it's a little different. But anyway, it gives oh, like okay. it, it lists like his resume, uh, his skills, but then it says up close, so that's where it gives like his uh, <clears throat> you know little personal information about him. And then so then it says for this up close, it says scratch golfer uses knobless bat which features his preferred weight distribution. And then the last one is loves pizza, but hadn't had a New York style slice before call up. Um, <laughs> so I, I guess like living in a city like Chicago where it's like, Oh yeah, loves pizza, but never had Chicago style. But why would that seems like, an, why don't you focus on things that he's done? Like, uh, <laughs> right. You know, that, that's like, you're, you're just like, you're focusing on a negative there or like, you know, there's, there's the, a part of that story we haven't heard, you know, did, did he eventually <laughs> eat New York style pizza and what did he think of it? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and what did he think of it? Um, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, that would be, again, that's kind of like saying it's like, uh, you know, uh, Jeff McNeil hit 20 homers in, you know, last year uh however he didn't face a pitcher with a era under four you know it's like <laughs> it's kind of like qualifying something uh you know to to kind of discount like the the the, the attribute you're trying to to call attention to so <clears throat> yeah that's a that's a rough one yeah jack i think that's a you got you got a 2020 bowman there and um yeah they kind of break it down on the back like that so i i assume those probably i never really dug deep in the, into those but the way that those are laid out i think they you probably are going to get a lot of pretty goofy uh, fun facts from from those so nice so nice yeah there, there weren't there weren't many in the ones you gave me uh but yeah that yeah. was a that was a good one for sure nice um all right cool well i have uh reese hoskins here um a guy who the hobby seemed to go crazy for uh not really realizing that he was kind of just uh, a feast or famine kind of guy um but uh, <clears throat> so I have uh, here for Reese Hoskins. Reese is the Phillies players rep. And his, and this anecdote reveals why he's so respected. After signing, after signing, he spent thousands of dollars to buy his former Sacramento State teammates championship rings and begged to stay anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like it didn't work. No, he mustn't have begged that hard because <laughs> it's on the back of a friggin baseball card. So, um, yeah, didn't, didn't stay anonymous. Um, you know, uh, it's, it reminds, again, to, to, to connect to a, a, a thing in the media, like it reminds me of that episode of uh curb your enthusiasm where, um, uh, Larry David makes a donation to a, a museum, I believe. And, uh, it says like, you know, donated by Larry David and then Ted Danson, uh, donates one and it says donated by anonymous, but then he goes around telling everyone that he's anonymous. Um, Yep. So I, rem so, yeah. I remember that episode. And then Larry <laughs> David wants to be anonymous too, right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I actually <laughs> think they, um, I think there's a, there, that also tie in, they also tie in a, a, a Yankees jersey to that episode as well. So there's a little bit of baseball episode in, uh, baseball in that episode too. But, uh, but yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe um, when you see uh, Reese Hoskins uh, at bat this year and he strikes out, just think of the bump, bump, bump. So there you go. Here's yeah, Jeremy. Um, it probably wasn't that hard for his Sacramento State teammates to narrow down 
who bought those championship <laughs> rings. Like, geez, yeah. well, you know, what? Who who just signed, uh, you know, a, a seven-figure uh, contract for, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I wonder. So I'm sure yeah. it wasn't that that hard for them to figure out anyway. But uh, yeah, that that's a that's a good one, Jeremy. Especially the word begged. I like yeah. I like that. Not, they could have said he asked to remain anonymous. Right. Um, but he begged, man. He he got down on his knees and he begged. Well, who outed him? Like the the ring guy. It's like. Hey, don't your your boy Reese came in came in handy here. Here's all your rings, you filthy animals. Like what <laughs> what what happened there? How did it? Who who let the cat out of the bag? <laughs> um, Jeremy, that's actually an excellent segue. Uh, your quote, "You filthy animals," is a good segue <laughs> into my next uh, my next card here. Right. Uh, so my this is for Liam Hendricks, now of the White Sox. Yes. But this card is for uh, this is a 2021 card, but his picture is with the Athletics. So, um, yep. uh, interesting. Okay. So it says Liam, an owner of five dogs and five cats who partners with an adoption agency called remember me Thursday.org is an animal himself on the mound since June 22nd, 2019, his 39 saves lead the major leagues. Uh, it's a little weird that they call him an animal on the mound. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's some, that's some kind of strong language right there. Um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, maybe him and Tony Gonsolin can have a conversation about all the cats that he owns. That's a, (laughs) that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of pets. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they just own five dogs and five cats, but then also more pets, but that, that's a lot of animals to have around the house. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, that one, that one made my shortlist Jack too. Uh, so I'm glad that one in there that got in there kind of giving me a little bit of CJ Nitkowski vibes with the, with the URL in his blurb there. Right. Um, but, right. uh, but yeah, I mean like, you know, when I think of someone as an animal, like I'm picturing like, you know, like, I don't know, like in like, uh, an old like fifties, uh, movie with like, you know, a greaser, like, a, a, like a, a, a girl, like fending off like a greaser, like beating him off, beating him like off of her, like saying like, get away from me, you animal. You know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Liam Hendricks with his like, with his uh, Roll Aids Relief <laughs> Pitcher Award. Like, come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I, uh, yeah, Liam Hendricks, yeah, he's, uh, he's Australian. Um, yeah. There's, uh, there's this episode of The Simpsons where they're watching, like, an Australian horror movie, and, like, this, <laughs> this guy is trying to, like, make out with this, this girl in, in a car, and, you know, she's, like, scared, and he's like, ah, it's probably just a wallaby. <laughs> and like, there's some monster there that re- that reminds me of uh, of that, Jeremy. Ooh, I um, gave, gave a snort on that one, Jack. You got me <laughs> I got, yeah, I got you on that one. All right, uh, who who, you, who do who do you got next? Um, well, I got Jake Bowers here. Um, okay, <clears throat> former Ray, um, current Indian who hasn't really kind of had his breakout year yet. Um, so I have here. Um, Jake once spent an off season in the minors working at a Christmas tree lot. He used the past winter to rebuild his swing, quote, putting myself in the right position so I can be efficient, be on, pl- be on plane and be on time. Uh, so, again, a, another weird juxtaposition there of fact and like, like, you know, evidence that doesn't really have anything to do with like, are they saying that he chopped down the trees himself and that improved his swing? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, and I'm wondering, he spent the off season 
uh, working at Christmas tree lot. Like Christmas tree lots like are only open for like, you know, a couple of weeks. So like, <laughs> you know, he didn't spend the entire off season. Like he spent a couple of weeks doing uh, maybe working at a Christmas tree lot. And also he lives in Huntington Beach, California. So I don't know, um, uh, you know. Uh, maybe maybe there there's you know sales of christmas trees are, are plentiful in in huntington beach california but you know he wasn't exactly like freezing it like out in the cold like at a christmas tree lot um like keeping warm over like a, fi- a barrel fire you know <laughs> it doesn't sound as, as bad as it it sounds like he, he got to spend like a, a you know three weeks outdoors like enjoying uh the fresh air uh in the off season so i i don't know i don't know if we're supposed to feel impressed by this or what but uh that's jake bowers yeah and jeremy you know somebody needs to tell jake bowers that dude this is 2021 man like uh professional athletes <laughs> don't work regular jobs in the off season dude yeah Th- this isn't 1950 you know you don't have to go uh you know you're not you're not the yogi Berra going to work at like a car dealership uh <laughs> you know in you know december you know just just yeah. like focus on mm. your game you wonder why you wonder why the guy hasn't had his breakout season yet it's because he's fucking lugging christmas trees around <laughs> in december when other right. guys are taking bp for three hours a day yeah exactly yeah yeah it's not like yeah art donovan selling like car parts like on the road or something <laughs> like like uh to, to make ends meet um yeah exactly a little more a little more cage time and a little less uh tree tree hawking do you guys get a christmas tree jeremy i don't think i, I don't think i asked you that we we did buy one this year uh it was my first time buying a christmas tree uh in my adult life and um, we ended up getting like a really small one, uh, which was nice, uh, especially for the size of our apartment. Um, but uh, but yeah, so it was nice. It was a um, first time, first time for us. Oh, wonderful! Very cool! Very cool! Um, yeah, we always had a fake tree in our uh, my family's house, and we might have had a real tree one year. But uh, but yeah, those real trees they uh, they they get their sh- they get shit all over the place, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, definitely. Like you know, you get sap on your hands. So I was like wondering, like if that was messing up Jake Bauer, uh, Jake Bauer, uh, <laughs> but, um, actually that might be good for him. Like, you know, he doesn't need like batting gloves maybe cause he's, his hands are covered perpetually with, uh, you know, tree sap. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good tree. A lot of sap, uh, Christmas vacation reference right there <laughs> yeah, yeah. when he, when he goes in and when he's sledding. Okay. Um, nice. Uh, my next one, Jeremy, I got two cubs coming up here, which is nice, but okay. I got, I got Ian Happ. Um, this is a yeah. 2021 card. It says during the 2020 layoff, Ian was a host of a behind-the-scenes podcast called The Compound. Its official t-shirts included those that read 60-game sprint and I wish I had quarantined at The Compound. Uh, not not exactly Nate, Nate Sheerholtz got me wet, but those are pretty cool. <laughs> those are pretty cool shirts, uh, nonetheless. Um, yeah. Did you listen to that podcast, Jeremy? I never I never caught it. No, I no, I haven't listened to it. Um, okay. I'm aware of it, and like, uh, yeah, I've heard, heard uh, Ian Happ like on, as a guest on some different podcasts and stuff, and um, he uh, he's definitely an entertaining guy. Like he's uh, he's he's definitely like kind of with it and, and kind of hip and, and funny and has a good sense of humor. Um, and so like it, it makes perfect sense. Like it, it, I'm sure it's probably pretty entertaining. Um, I think it's it might be a little bit of like broy a little bit, but but he still he does seem like kind of a little more enlightened than just like your your typical like bro. Um, so uh, so yeah, I I would I would check that out. You know, he is technically the competition Jack, and you know all competitors must die. But um, you know I uh, you know I, I would give it a spin just as a Cubs fan. You know. 
Awesome. Yeah, I, I just uh, did not wanted to get your perspective on that because I, I had not listened to it uh, myself. As far as I know, it doesn't seem like they're doing it anymore. Um, hey, which is good. So you know, they're not. Uh, maybe they're not the competition anymore. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Limited. Limited series. Right. Um. All right. Cool. Well. Uh. Speaking of t-shirts, I have one here too for uh, Tony Kemp and also a brief cub. Um. During the social upheaval of 2020, Tony coined the term, quote, plus one effect to advocate one-on-one discussion. Soon, players around the majors were buying plus one effect t-shirts with proceeds going to Kemp's charity. Um, Okay, so um, first off, we got the social upheaval of 2020. So I guess, yeah, not wanting to, um, to, uh, you know, call out what the 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 events of the summer the uh, uh unrest or whatever that's probably about the most diplomatic way you could put it um but like uh yeah coin the term plus one effect to advocate one-on-one discussion i mean you know i guess like it's a nice effort and everything um and uh yeah i don't know i i have to say i didn't see too many of these shirts um you know <laughs> popped up but i'm glad that some people bought them and uh I, yeah it's a great cause and everything um but Again, just an odd one, like from Tony Kemp, like uh, not not the person who I would be expecting uh, selling shirts. And um, but yeah, like just another one of those like things for tops, like kind of talking about something that happened in 2020, but not quite calling it out fully. And uh, I don't know. Interesting one. But thought that one was worth sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy at uh, Tony Kemp, he was he was ensnared in the uh, the social upheaval of the uh, of the summer. I um, could say, yeah, I wonder. um yeah, I wonder if, like, the 1964 set, you know, how they would, like, describe <laughs> President Kennedy's assassination or something, you know? Like, uh, right. I, I, can't even, I can't even begin to think of it that, you know, we'll have to do that joke next week. But, like, you know... <laughs> Unexpected that... departure of President <laughs> Kennedy, I, guess. I, don't know, I don't know. Right, no, exactly. Yeah, we should... Uh, that should be a thing if, if, you know, for one episode. We write blurbs of, like, you know, horrible things that have happened in history, like, as they would appear on Topps cards, where it's, like, <laughs> yes. kind of talk about them, but we don't, like... You you know the bubonic plague uh you know uh etc so that would world war ii so that could be uh that could be a good thing totally um all right so my next one another cub it's uh jose quintana okay it says uh this is a 2021 card as well um it's when jose appeared on the tonight show starring jimmy fallon in 2017 he told the host that watching his program helped him learn english the colombian pitcher also taught the comic some Spanish phrases. Did you see when he was on that show? No, Jack. And I'm like, okay. how was he on that show? I have no idea. And why? Like, he's not yes. a, you know, he's not a famous baseball player. Like, you know, if you live in Chicago, sure. Like, you know who Jose Quintana is if you follow baseball. But, like, nationally, nobody nobody cares about Jose Quintana. No, it makes no sense. I mean, like, after the Cubs won the World Series, like, you know, I think – you know, Bryant was on maybe the Jimmy Kimmel show. And I think maybe like Zobris was on Fallon or something, but like, I, why I have no, like Quintana was not on that team. So I don't know why he was um, on on, on one of those shows. Yeah. It's kind of mind boggling. Yeah. um, uh, Who is Jose Quintana playing with this year, Jeremy? Um, did he sign with the angels? I want to say, Oh, you know, I think maybe we, uh, yeah, we talked about that a little bit because of the Madden thing. Right. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, who else just went to the angels? Um, Oh, uh, Dexter Fowler. 
right just, uh, went to the angels but um but yeah Quintana Quintana uh, is with the angels um yes okay I see I see that now interesting um yeah that that seems like kind of a baseball wasteland there so um you know the the Cubs overpaid for him for sure but I you know I don't really have anything against the guy but then again uh, we, well actually you know what I, I shouldn't say that he had about two years where he didn't give up a single earned run against the Brewers so that guy like <laughs> that guy killed the Brewers and he he basically sucked against everybody else so uh, so yeah. yeah I don't know he, he's not gonna be facing the Brewers anymore in the National League which is a, a good thing yeah I you know I uh, the 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 Quintana trade really hurts uh as a Cubs fan um and I didn't really hold it against him uh but last year when the Cubs kind of needed him down the stretch he like well first of all yeah like so I didn't really have too much against him until last year and then he had that stupid injury where he cut himself on like a wine glass supposedly uh and missed the beginning of the season like needed surgery and missed like the first month of the season and then like then he like came back for like a couple games pitched out of the pen and was like looking good. And then he like strained his like neck or something um, coming out of the uh, coming out of the uh, um, uh, coming, whatever, just like getting ready to come back into the, the rotation. Like he was, he made his like last start before he went to the rotation and then like strained his neck. And then I think he missed, he ended up, I think he ended up missing the rest of the season or something. So, so that, that was a disappointment. It's like out of all the disappointments that you've already had as a cub like that was just like the icing on the cake and i was gone all right jeremy so uh, jose quintana so who do you got for your next guy all right jack well um i have mark canna mark canna yeah um this was the first one uh that i pulled aside uh, when i was initially like opening packs of this uh, i saw this but um so mark canna uh wearing a mask in 2020 was nothing new for mark who has been known to don a ski mask when temps dip into the 60s he covered that topic in a 49-line poem he wrote during a game in 2019. So <laughs> this one is like the anti-Joey Votto card because this is like more information than I can process in one little blurb. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, yes, you know, it's yes. Like where to where to start? I would say first of all, um, you know, we can get to the poem later. But you know, the guy <laughs> the guy's wearing a the guy's wearing a ski mask when it drops into the sixties. I mean, yeah, like sixties, man. <laughs> where is it? Uh, where is he from? Is he from like California? Yeah, San Jose. But San Jose, it's not like he's from like Southern California. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, like you know, this guy would uh, this guy wouldn't last two seconds in uh, the February we're having in Chicago, you know. Yeah. Um, but they should trade his ass to the the Twins or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this forty nine line poem, first of all, that's too long for a poem, you know. Like yeah. Robert Frost would would shit all over that, you know. Like just just <laughs> give me two roads, you know, diverged in a in a wood or whatever it is, you know. I don't I don't th- I don't think that's what that's exactly what Mark Canna was writing about what and what did it say he was writing about the cold the cold weather is that what it said the poem was about yeah i mean it said he covered that topic um uh so i don't know if that's the the whole um you know uh thesis of of this poem or or uh or it's just uh it's just some <laughs> something he touches on in in you know a handful of the 49 lines but yeah, uh, jesus but i don't yeah. even i don't even think beowulf was was 49 lines long you know um yeah. and if you're gonna go for 49 why not just make it in maybe this is the ocd in me but why not just make it an even 50 you know i don't know right if, yeah yeah it depends yeah if he was going a b a b rhyming <laughs> style uh he's got a big uh 
big sentence there just dangling. Um, but uh, and he also it also says that he wrote it during a game too, which like <laughs> um, who's who's the manager? Is Bob Melvin the uh, the Oakland yep. A's manager? Yeah, he's the, he's the A's manager. Yes, yes, he yeah, is. So that's the kind of ship he's running. That's why he was fired from the Brewers is because he's got guys writing poems during the during a game. <laughs> <laughs> on the bench um yeah mark mark canna you know there's a line in i wanted to i think it's once upon a time in mexico where uh somebody asks danny trejo's character he says are you a mexican or a mexicant and uh you know danny trejo you know asserts that he is in fact a mexican um and so uh so I, i've always thought of that uh that line you know in terms of mark canna someone would say to him are you a mark canna or a mark can't uh you know um so yeah there you go once upon a time in mexico yeah jeremy i've said that i hate puns but like i feel like in the last two weeks i've i've made two of them yeah yeah you're you're on a you're on a streak here jack (laughs) okay so my last card jeremy uh it's harrison bader darth bader um it's a a 2021 card for the st louis cardinals uh so the back reads regarded by some as the best center fielder on the planet Harrison dedicated much of his pre-2020 work to the mental side of hitting. It's control of your emotions, he says. It's breathing. It's relaxation. Um, first of all, I, I want to know who's calling Harrison Bader the best center fielder on the planet. Uh, right. You know, it says some. Some regard him as the best center fielder on the planet. I don't, I don't know who these people are, but that seems like, uh, that seems like a, lot of, uh, a lot of hubris for Harrison Bader right there. Um, maybe overrating him a little bit, but it also, I also like his quote though, Jeremy. And I I mean, if you look at Harrison Bader, especially, you know, if you look at his picture on this card where he, he looks like a a surfer dude with his, like with his long, long hair, you know, he looks like kind of like, just like a a beefcake type of guy. Um, and, uh, uh, like his quote, it's control of your emotions. It's breathing. It's relaxation. It, It seems like he's a character in point break. (laughs) <laughs> yeah for, for sure um yeah so i thought th- i thought that one was pretty good but yeah i was also stunned by that they called him you know this card went and called him one of the best center fielders on the planet i knew he was good i know he's got a good glove but but my goodness you know i didn't i didn't know it was the best in the game but maybe i'm wrong maybe i just haven't paid enough attention to him maybe maybe you should talk to at least the minimum two people that it takes to to quantify a sum uh <laughs> you know, uh, about what they think of him. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Jack, I, I as far as I'm concerned, uh, Bader, uh, is, a, is the master, you know? <laughs> yeah. It comes to center fielders, another, but. another rain delay theater shirt, Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. And another pun, I guess, maybe kind of, yeah, maybe. Um, yeah. Um, well, there you go. Okay, Jack. Well, I got one more to wrap this thing up. All right. Here. All right. Um, another, uh, fleet of foot uh outfielder uh malik smith okay we have here um and if you know for one to beat that that canna one you know it had to be pretty good so (laughs) so here's malik smith's um before 2020 summer camp malik spent many nights in a tent he slept outside on his parents property in florida connecting with nature quote maybe the electrons from the earth put some good juju in my body he said there's always been plenty of that in his legs. Smith entered the year as one of only eight active players with multiple 40 steal seasons. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> my, my, what I picture there, Jeremy, is it says, uh, you know, he was doing this at like his parents' property in Florida. I, yeah. I picture him just as like, you know, you know how like, uh, I never did this, 
But, you know, I've seen it in movies. But when you're a little kid, you know, they put, like, the tent out in the backyard and, like, they got their flashlights and, you know, you got your your Doritos and your, you know, your s'mores out there and you're, like, doing fake camping. I imagine this grown-ass man was, like, doing that in his parents' backyard during the pandemic. Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I just don't know. And, like, he seems pretty, like excited about it like you know talking about electrons from the <laughs> earth and uh good juju and stuff like um yeah i mean i appreciate the uh i i appreciate the childlike wonderment i'll say of of malik smith in this quote um but it still raises a ton of questions um you know just in and of just by its own nature so um yeah an interesting one there um but uh but yeah so I don't know. Catch Malik Smith in a tent near you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's definitely a, a good one to end it on, uh, Jeremy. Um, you know, I, I, I've never thought much about the electrons in the Earth or whether or not they can be transferred, um, you know, transferred into your <laughs> legs. But I guess I guess right. energy cannot be uh, created or destroyed. So maybe maybe some of it just transformed uh, into Malik Smith. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, well, yeah, I, you know, uh, the, the 2021 season will be interesting and, uh, yeah, this, the set, the set itself, the series one set, uh, has like an unprecedented amount of rookie cards in it. Uh, so it could be a collectible set down the line. So, uh, and, and just a little kind of keepsake of like the, uh, the 2020, uh, pandemic season. So, uh, so yeah, I don't know. Check, check them out. Uh, if you're uh, at a card shop, you, you can't get them at target anymore because there's a bunch of freaks who line up and take all the boxes. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Good luck finding some. But, yeah, uh, Jer- Jeremy's not one of those freaks. He's, <laughs> you know, he's, just, he's, yeah. But uh, no, only because they're all gone by the time I get there. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. So on that note, uh, we can we can wrap it up for this week, Jack. Uh, but yeah, next week we got the big um, uh, non-roster invitees episode. So uh, that should be a fun one. Yeah, it, it should be, Jeremy. Um, and until then, uh, I'm Jack Swakowski, and I'm Jeremy Dionisio, and we'll see you next time. Later.